today uh, in our focus series, it's about seeing God's vision for our families. Seeing God's vision for our families. How many of you desire good families? You desire for your family to be good. How many, how many of you desire peace in your family? Peace, joy, unity, like all across the board. You just desire your families to be whole. You desire for your families to really thrive and to do well. I, I trust that everybody here uh, desires that for their families. But here's one thing uh, <clears throat> about having a good family is that good families don't just happen on accident, right? It, it, it takes some work. Uh, to have a good family. <clears throat> and so this morning, we're going to touch on that this morning. But before I get into that, I want to read something to you, something a little lighthearted. And um, let me just make a disclaimer. I was a little hesitant to read this this morning because uh, uh, at the fear of offending some people. Uh, um, so let me just say this really, really quick. Three things. Uh, number one is I didn't write this. I did not write this. Number two it was written by a woman. I, I got I to gotta stress that. It was written by a woman. <clears throat> and number three is I, I read this to Nancy first. Like, I, 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 this was, I thought it was funny, so I read it to Nancy because I wanted to kind of catch a, you know, kind of see where she was at and see if it was okay to read. And she, she thought it was funny. She said, yeah, you should go ahead and share that. So, so she, she, I got approval from Nancy to read this. Now, I don't know if she just set me up like, I got this weird feeling that she's setting me up for something, but, but I, I want to read this because I, I, I think about family, and I, we're all in different stages of families, right? Like, the way we, we do family, it changes, and it shifts. Like, the way we, we treat our, we raise our children, it shifts and it changes. Like, uh, my first child, Sophie, right? She was our first child, and she was the first grandbaby of the family, and, and, and so there's tons of pictures of Sophie, Tons of pictures, like there's pictures all over the place of Sophie. Elena, not so much, right? I mean, there's photos of her, but like Sophie, there's, there's albums of Sophie. There, I mean, just, it was just, she was the first child and the first grandbaby of the family. And so obviously things shift like as we have more children. So let me read this to you. And remember, this was written by a woman, okay? Okay. This is regarding maternity clothes. I heard a oh already. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Regarding, written by a woman. Okay. Maternity clothes. Regarding your first baby. When a woman is having her first baby regarding maternity clothes, she usually begins wearing maternity clothes as soon as she finds out she's pregnant. Right? Right? With the second baby, a woman tries to wear her regular clothes for as long as possible. And with the third baby... Her maternity clothes are her regular clothes. That's good. Good. Okay, I survived that one. This is about going out, right? Leaving the baby with the, with the babysitter. With your first child, when you leave the baby with the babysitter, you, the first time you leave your baby, you, you call home at least five times. With the second baby, uh, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave the number where you can be reached. And with the third baby, you leave instructions for the sitter to call only if she sees blood, right? Right? I, I, yeah. This is in regards to swallowing coins, okay? With your first child, when their first child swallows a coin, you, you rush the child to the hospital and you demand to get x-rays. 
With the second child swallows a coin, you, you carefully watch for the coin to pass. But when the third child swallows a coin, you deduct it from his allowance. That's all, folks. I'm done. That's great. Okay. I survived it. I survived it. Okay. Okay. I survived it. Man, I love good families. I love good families. I, I myself, I'm proud to say that I've come from a good family. Uh, my, my mom and my dad uh, were great parents. Uh, and they'll be the first to tell you they weren't perfect parents. None of us are. But they were great at what they did. And they loved Jesus and they did their best to instill and impart that into, uh, into our lives as, as kids. Um, I, my parents came to know Jesus really early on in my life, but there, I, I, there were two sides I remember about our family. I remember I was old enough to know that there was uh, my family without Jesus and there was my family with Jesus. And the family with Jesus was so much better. And so I got to see that uh, as a child. I, I, I understood that and I saw that. I saw the difference that Jesus made uh, with our family. Jesus changes everything, right? Like I, I got to see that as a kid. And so my parents did their best to instill that and impart that in us. And, and so I'm, I'm proud to say that I come from a good family. But like I said earlier, uh, good families aren't easy. They, they, they don't just happen on accident. Uh, good families do take some work. In fact, if you read in the scriptures, Proverbs 24.3, Proverbs 24.3, it says that by wisdom, a house is built. And it is through understanding that it is, it is established. And so, and so the Proverbs is saying it is by wisdom that a house is built. Wisdom, not meaning the wisdom of the world, uh, but it means a godly wisdom. A, a, a wisdom that can only come from the mind of God. And the only way you can know the mind of God is if you have an understanding of the word of God. That's how we know the mind of God. And so, and so wisdom, uh, 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 by wisdom, a house is built, meaning it, there, there's, there's a divine, uh, there's divine impartation that, that has to happen uh, to build a solid foundation for your home. And, and so what I'm doing this morning is I am really reading to you and laying out God's blueprint or his playbook for us when it comes to family. Now, I know there are different variances and stages of families here. I know there are grandparents parents here, their great-grandparents, there are, there are parents, there are sons, there are daughters, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, like, like there's all these different uh, uh, variables of family, and, and, and we all play different roles in our family, and I believe that all that I'm going to share this morning is beneficial to everybody. I believe it's truly beneficial to everybody. And so we're going to hear from this wisdom, not from me, but from the mind of God. And his vision for our families. Because as I asked earlier, many of you said you desire a good family. As I asked earlier, you said, I desire peace. I desire joy in my family. Well, God is going to give us the blueprint. God is going to lay it out for us, his vision for our families. And so if you have your Bible this morning, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible or anything to follow along with, you can follow along on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Verse 1 says this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, 
and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Stop right there really quick. I love the fact that God, God gives us reward and incentive for obeying his commands. That's interesting, isn't it? Like, you, you, you would think like, well, no, we should just obey God because he said it. Which, yes, you're right, we should. But as adults, we don't even do that. So God gives us incentive. He, right here, he gave us a reward and incentive. What did he say? He said, so that you may enjoy long life. That's a pretty good incentive. And so it would do well for us to listen to and to heed everything God is going to communicate to us. So verse 3, let's continue reading. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Okay, so here we see God through Moses is, is, is speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to his people. And the Israelites are on this journey. They're on this journey to the promised land. And so, and so God saw to it to say, hey, now I'm going to take the opportunity before they reach the promised land, I'm going to give them some instruction. I'm, I'm going to give them the blueprint for family. I'm going to give them the blueprint for their households while they're on this journey. And I love the fact that they're on the journey because I think we're all on a journey, right? We're all trying to figure family out. We don't have the perfect families. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have all the answers to this thing. We're all on this journey. And so as we're on this journey, I'm going to treat this as if God is speaking to us today and giving us the blueprint for family. Verse 5 again says, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's where it all begins. That's where it all begins. You want to know God's vision for your family? It begins with this. Number one, write this down. It begins with an authentic faith. An authentic faith. Now, seeing that there is an authentic faith, it also means that there's also inauthentic faith. Authentic faith just simply means a real, genuine faith. This is where it all begins. And he's speaking to fathers. He's speaking to the heads of households. If you read in verse 2, he says, so that you, he's talking to heads of households, so that you, father, so that you, mother, not only you, but your sons, your kids, and your kids' kids. And what he's saying is everything that I'm imparting on you right now has the potential to not only impact your life, but the generations after you. And so he's, he's giving them this instructions, and he's saying, so that you may love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, that you may have an authentic faith. This is where everything begins. Every opportunity I get, especially when, I, when I've been in pastoral ministry, I get the opportunity to counsel and, and, and speak with some of you and other folks who may be going through some things, maybe within their marriage or within their families, or within their homes. And... and I've been in this long enough that not a lot of things surprise me anymore. Like, I, I'm not saying I've heard it all, but I've heard it all. I've heard a lot of, I've heard some of the worst of the worst, some of the most awful things you can think of within the family dynamic and, 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 and 
work my way up with that. And I've, I've heard all the stories and all the drama, all the problems. I've heard all of that. And as I sit in, in, in a room with them and, and they begin to tell me the problems, as they begin to tell me the issues and things that are going on within their family, I'm hearing everything they're saying. But before they even begin talking, I already know what I'm going to ask them, even before they tell me what the problem is. So they tell me the problem, they tell me the situation, and I always lead off with the same question. How's your relationship with Jesus? Didn't matter what they told me. I'm going to ask the question, how is your relationship with Jesus? Why? Because that's where it all begins. Because see, everything else I'm going to tell you after that, if your relationship with Jesus isn't where it needs to be, if you don't have an authentic faith, then everything else I tell you will fall by the wayside. It's going to be very different hearing from the mind of God when you don't have an authentic faith. Then it's just going to be rules and regulations. Then it's just going to be if I can do X, Y, and Z, then everything's just going to work out for me. And that's not the way it goes. So the first thing he tells him is, hey, guys, listen. For you, your children, and your children's children, what? Obey and love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Have an authentic faith. Have a real, genuine faith. How's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with the Lord? And that's important for us to establish because if we were to even get even more practical with this, I, I, would, I would venture to kind of, I would say this to you regarding your household. Is Jesus the nucleus in the center of your home? Father, mother, is Jesus the center of your home? Does everything you do within your family revolve around Jesus? Let me say, well, what does that mean? How does that look? Well, let's, let's, let's get even more practical. Uh, and I've said this, if you've been here for any period of time, you know I've said this time and time again. The true question we need to ask regarding families is what do you value within your family? Is Jesus something of value in your home? And here's how you know. Is prayer valuable in your home? Is your house a house of prayer? Do your children, do your grandchildren, does your spouse, do they, do they, can they say, you know what, there's prayer going on in our home? Is prayer something of value? Is the word of God, is the Bible something of value in your home? Is there, is there discussions about the Lord? Is there talks about the scriptures? Is there, is there talks about the word of God within your home? Whenever your, your children come to your home, can they say, you know what, prayer and the Bible was, was pretty valuable in our home? Another thing that we need to ask about value is church attendance. Yeah, that's hard, right? Is church attendance a consistent thing in your home? Is fellowshipping with other believers, is, is bringing your family, bringing your spouse, bringing your children into the house of God, is that a regular thing for your home? And these are just three things that I'm asking you to check for yourself, to kind of do a self-evaluation to say, hey, do I have an authentic faith? Is my relationship with Jesus where it needs to be? Well, then how do you know that? Well, what do you value? Do you value prayer? Do you value the word of God? Do you value fellowshipping with other believers? Do you value that in your home? An authentic faith. Let me read some statistics to you regarding 
church attendance. Now, I'm not a big guy on statistics, but numbers don't lie all the time. Uh, And so let me read this to you because I thought it was very interesting when it comes to church attendance. Now, the statistics really are showing us kids who become active followers of Jesus as adults. Kids who become active followers of Jesus as adults. If both the mom and a dad, and both mom and dad attend church regularly, statistics show that 72% of kids will become followers of Jesus as adults. 72%, that's pretty good. That's if both the mom and the dad are both regular attendees of church. If only the mom is a regular attendee of church, statistics show that only 15% of kids will grow up to be followers of Jesus as adults. If only the dad is a regular attender of church, statistics show that only that 51% of kids will become followers of Jesus as adults. That's interesting, right? From the father and mother. That's an interesting statistic. If neither the mom or the dad are regular attenders of church, only 6% of kids grow up to be followers of Jesus. 6%. And, man, I, I, I listen to parents, right? And, and the parents plea for me sometimes. They're like, man, how do I get my kid to, to love Jesus? How do I, uh, man, I, I want them to be a follower of Jesus. I want them to do well. I want them to be morally right. I, I, I hate to keep getting into trouble. I, I want them to do the right thing. And, and so I, I oftentimes I have to evaluate the situation and say, hey, are you leading your family to church? Are you valuing the word of God in your home? Are you praying within your home? Like these are things you got to ask yourself. Do you have an authentic faith? Why? Because that's where it all begins. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. An authentic faith. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So not only do we need an authentic faith in regards to God's vision for our family, but we also need intentional living. Intentional living. As I said earlier, having a good family does not happen on accident. Having a good family takes work. In that work, it requires intentional living. To be intentional about how you run your household. To be intentional about how you lead your family. To be intentional. To impress them on your children. What? The commands of the Lord to impress them on your children, to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. Man, he's saying, in every opportunity you get, every opportunity you get, talk about Jesus. Open the scriptures up. Open the Bible up. Pray. Whatever it is, like any, whatever you get up, whatever you lay down, whatever you walk along the road, whatever you do, take the opportunity to impress these things on your children. But it takes being intentional. It takes you getting off your phone. It takes you taking away their phone. 
It takes you turning off the screen. It takes you spending time. And look, let me be the first to tell you, this isn't always the easiest thing for me. There's sometimes I'm just dead tired. I'm like, look, can I just sit and watch TV for a little bit? Like, can I just sit, get on the PS4 for a little bit? Like, can I just, like, yes, I have a PS4. Yes, I play. Yeah. Wow. Right? Like, sometimes I just want to just not think, right? I just want to be like, oh, I just want to chill. I just want to do my own thing. I, I just, whatever. This is what I want to do. But there are times where, like, my daughter Sophie, my daughters will be like, Dad, hey, Dad, can we, can we play a game? Can we do something as a game? And I'm like, yeah. It's tough sometimes. But it takes being intentional. It takes being intentional with you sitting down with your family and praying together. It takes being intentional for you to sit down with your family and to sit around the dinner table. Like, like the dinner table oftentimes gets scarce nowadays. Like people don't sit and have dinner like they used to. And if they do sit and have dinner like they used to, there's folks are on their phone, there's folks, whatever the case is. Like, like it takes being intentional to be able to impress these things on your family. It takes being intentional. I know my parents, they're here this morning, and so, like, I don't say this to embarrass them or call them out in any way, but, like, my mom and my dad, uh, you know, they came to know Jesus early on in my life, as I said earlier. And there were things about my dad specifically, I remember uh, things I, as a kid I didn't quite understand whenever he came to faith in Jesus. When he came to faith in Jesus, like, he was all in, all in, all in. Everything was Jesus. Like, TBN was on TV like 24 hours a day. And when he wasn't watching TBN, he was watching Highway to Heaven. <laughs> right? Like, that's how saved he was. Like, he was, like, really saved. You know what I mean? Like, he was really saved. Christian TV, TBN, gold chairs, all that stuff on TV, like everything, right? It was just on TV all the time. It was just his thing. And then, and then he would pull out his guitar, and he would love to play worship. And then, and then to top it all off, there would be moments in the middle of the night, like at 3 or 4 in the morning, I'd wake up and I'd hear wailing or crying going on. I'm like, what is that? What, what's going on? Like, what's, what's happening? And one more, there's one time in particular, I only did it one time. One time in particular, I woke up to the sound of wailing and crying. And, and I got up and I went to the living room, and it was my dad on the floor laying before the Lord, just crying before the Lord for his family. As a kid, I don't understand that stuff. As a kid, I'm like, man, I, I need to go back to sleep. Right? I got to get up early in the morning. I got to whatever. I, I just I didn't understand it. But now as a father, as a husband, as a leader in my home, I understand it. I can honestly say that prayer and the Word of God was a value in our home. I can honestly say that church was a value in our home. I can honestly say there was an authentic faith in our home. Why? Because there was intentionality in how they lived. There's intentionality in how they spoke to us. There's an intentionality about how they, how they interacted with us. Now, you may say, well, man, does that mean like every time I talk to my kids, I got to talk to them about the Bible? Every time I talk to my kids, I got to talk to them. Like, that's, that's no fun. You don't know my kids. And that's not what I'm saying. 
But I believe there are things that we can do within our family when we spend time, when we, when we engage one another, when we enjoy each other's time. There are things that we can do that bring glory to God. But we must be intentional. We must be intentional with our time. We must spend time. We must be present. We must be devoted to one another. Intentional living. Verse, let's go down to verse 20. You have an authentic faith. We have intentional living. Verse 20 says this, says, and in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with the mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders great and terrible on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. Verse 23, but he brought us out from there to bring us in. And get, to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. So this is interesting, right? You impress these things on your kids. You, you share the laws of the Lord with them. You, you, you display an authentic faith in your home. You pray, you read the word, you attend church regularly, you, you value these things that are, that are godly, you value these things in your home, and then you intentionally spend this time with your kids to, to, to communicate this to, to them, to share this with them. And then oftentimes your kids grow up to a point where they don't quite understand why you're doing it all. I don't quite understand why you get up at three in the morning to pray. I don't quite understand why you have Christian television on all the time. I don't quite get why you want to talk about the Bible all the time. I don't quite get why you love Jesus so much. I don't understand all that. Well, there's going to be a day where they're going to ask you the question, why are we doing all this? What's all this for? And it's an opportunity for you as a parent, a grandparent, head of your home, to not only have an authentic faith and intentional living, but to display what? An amazing grace. And here's why that's important. Because here we see a father speaking to his son and say, you want to know why we do all this? Because there was a time we were in bondage. There was a time it was very dark for us. There was a time we were dying. We were enslaved. What you see now, you, 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 you see now and you think it's good and you think it's fine, but you know what? It hasn't always been this way. And as a mother and a father, you have an obligation and a responsibility to when you, when you share about the grace of God with your sons and your daughters, when you share about the grace of God with your family, to don't leave out your story. Because see, your sons and your daughters, your grandbabies, they know the saved you. But there are moments when it's important to tell them before you were saved. There are moments that you need to talk to them about, hey, you know what? Grandpa hasn't always been this way. You know what? Baby, there was a time when my life was so dark. 
There was a time where I've messed up and I made some bad mistakes. You know what, baby? There was a time I was in bondage to sin. I was a liar. I was all these things. I was evil. I was wicked. But God came and saved me. He brought me out to bring me in. He delivered me from that bondage. He delivered me from that bad lifestyle I used to have. He saved me. You want to know why I I do all this? You want to know why I love Jesus the way that I do? You want to know why I talk about him the way that I do? You want to know why I pray? You want to know why I worship? You want to know why I bring you to church? You want to know why I do these things? Man, because he's been so good to me. And see, and here's why that's important. Because you just displayed God's amazing grace on your life. And what that does is that it creates a space for you to display amazing grace upon their life. Because, see, they're going to grow up and they're going to make mistakes. And they're going to mess up and they're going to disappoint you and they're going to let you down. But they need to know that you understand. They need to know that, hey, you know what? I messed up. You know what? Dad messed up too. Maybe if I go to him, he'll understand me. Maybe if I I go to him and admit my mistakes to him, he won't judge me. And what you do is you create a home. You create an atmosphere of grace. Because you're not hiding your story. You give your children and you give those in your households the freedom to make mistakes. You give them the freedom to say, hey, you messed up. It's okay. I'm I'm disappointed and I'm hurt, but I love you. Baby, I know what that's like. My life was messed up too. I made bad decisions too. See, and sometimes we create environments where we love Jesus and we read his word and we pray and we do all these different things, but but there's nothing graceful about it. We just do it because it's the right thing to do. We do it because it's what we're supposed to do. But if you can tell your kids the real reason why you do it, if you can display to your kids that, man, I do this because I love him so much. I do this because he's been so good to me. Maybe, just maybe, there'll be an understanding of them to say, hey, you know what? If he can do it for my dad, he can do it for me. He can do it for me. An amazing grace. I was eight years old, and around the time when my mom and dad met Jesus, and, and they weren't married at the time. I, my parents, and I'm putting all their junk out there. I'm sorry. But 
Amazing Grace. My mom and dad, you know, as a child, I would see very rocky relationship. Weren't living together, and there were times I spent time with my dad, times I spent time with my mom, and it was just, sometimes they were together, it was just real rocky. It was without Jesus. But the moment they met Jesus, I mean, it was night and day. Things changed. Things happened. They got married. I was a witness at my parents' wedding. (laughs) How many kids can say that, right? I was a witness at my parents' wedding. I, I got to see grace displayed. Then there was one day, I saw the change in things happening in their lives. I'm eight. I'm in third grade. What kind of family drama do I have, right? But at eight years old, I, I was smart enough to know that something happened and something changed, and I was eight years old sitting on our living room floor in Houston, Texas, and I was sitting there, and I, I came up to my dad. And I said, what's going on? Like, what is all this? Why is everything so different? And he began to just to share the gospel with me. He said, son, Jesus came into my life and he changed me. See, he didn't have to tell me his story because I was living and I saw it. And when I asked him what the difference was and what had happened, he began to share the gospel with me. He wasn't ashamed about it. He wasn't embarrassed, but he was just sharing Jesus with me at eight years old. on the living room floor, and he shared the gospel with me, and he says, son, do you, do you, you can have that change in your life, too. Like, he can come into your life and change you, too. And at eight years old, on that living room floor, he led me to Jesus. Led me to Jesus, eight years old. And let me tell you something, my life with Jesus hasn't been perfect because I haven't fully lived yet, you know what I mean? And so you start getting out there and you start making these decisions and you start trying to figure out life and trying to figure out things. And you know what? I've made mistakes. I've made bad decisions. I've made bad mistakes. But one of the amazing things about amazing grace in our home is that there have been times where I've made these horrible decisions, these bad mistakes. And there'd be late nights, and you remember this, that I would come home really late and I'd sit at your bedside. I'm like, Mom, Dad, I messed up. I really messed up. I don't know what I'm going to do. They didn't judge me. They didn't get up and just start yelling and screaming at me. But 
they prayed with me, they cried with me, and they showed grace to me. And this was the cycle throughout my whole life. And I share that with you today because, like I said, my parents, they're not perfect by any means, and they, they don't want to be displayed that way by any means, but they, they showed me what authentic faith looks like. They showed me what intentional living looks like, and they for sure showed me what an amazing grace looks like. And for that, I honor you, Mom and Dad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And my hope is that I can be that for my daughters. That I can be that for my family. Because one day they're going to have to make their own decisions. They're going to start living their own life. They're going to be out the house. And doing their own thing. And there's a point where I'm no longer responsible. There's a point where I just can't tell them what to do anymore. But while I have them, I need to make sure I have an authentic faith. I need to make sure that I'm intentionally living with them. And I need to make sure that I show them amazing grace. So that they remember My aim as a father, as a husband, my aim is to be the godliest man in their lives. That's my hope. I want to be the godliest man in their lives. When I die and they, they talk about me after I'm gone, I want them to say, man, they loved me. He loved me, and man, he was the godliest man I ever knew. If that's all they say about me, then that's it. That's all I need. That's all I need. And it's God's vision for the family. Because it's only in Jesus that we find the hope. It's only in Jesus that we find that peace. It's only in Jesus where families can truly thrive. And that's my hope for every single one of us in here today. It's not too late. Some of you may say, well, my, my kids are already gone. They've already left the house. And you know what? They've already been making some bad decisions. It's not too late. It's not too late. Pick up the phone, call them. It's not too late to get around them. It's not too late to set some things in motion for your family. Because some of you got grandkids now that you can impart to. Some of you have grandkids now that you can impress the Word of God on. Today would be an incredible day to start. Let's stand to our feet. I don't know what your family dynamic looks like today. I don't know where it's at. I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know if it's not stable. I don't know what it is. Some of you were at this altar earlier because of your families. 
Some of you are believing God for some miraculous things to happen in your family. Some of you are believing God for folks who are away from Jesus to come to Jesus. You're believing all these things. And I'm believing with you. I'm believing with you. But I hope and I pray that we take this blueprint for God's vision for our family and that we walk and run with it and apply it to our own lives. That it starts with an authentic faith. That it, start, it begins with, it starts with intentional living. And it shows a display of amazing grace. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for equipping us. Thank you for showing us what it is to have family. Thank you for giving us the tools and, and all that we need to be able to lead our families well. Father, I pray for every mother and father in this room today. I pray that you would give them the strength and the grace to lead their families well. Every son or a daughter, I pray that you would give them the grace and the strength to live well within their family, to represent you within their family. Grandmothers, grandfathers, strength, grace, in the name of Jesus. I continue to pray for healing for families, restoration for families. I pray for salvation that comes to families in the name of Jesus. Those sons and those daughters that are away from you, I pray that they would come back to you in the name of Jesus. Those mothers, those fathers that are away from you, I pray that they would come back to you in the name of Jesus. We speak that in the name of Jesus. Father, and we thank you for the grace that is upon our lives. We thank you for allowing us to lead our families. We thank you. And I pray that you would go before us this week, that starting today, we would begin to lead our families differently, that we would begin to lead our families with an authentic faith, that we would begin to lead our families with intentional living, that we would lead our families with an amazing grace. go before us this week as we speak life into our spouses as we speak life into our children as we speak life into our grandchildren we thank you we thank you for the family we thank you we honor you we love you this morning in the name of Jesus Amen and amen and amen, amen.